You're listening to Season 2 of the Lifting Her Voice podcast. This is Episode number 110, and today we'll read 1 Kings chapters 21 and 22 together. Ahab is pouty, Jezebel is contemptible, God is compassionate, and justice prevails. Welcome to the Lifting Her Voice podcast, Season 2. I'm your host, Joy Miller, and I invite you to grab your Bible and join me from the beginning, simply reading God's Word together. We built some spiritual muscles in 2020 with just the New Testament, but this year we're going all out, cover to cover, Old Testament and new. So whether with your first cup in the morning, your commute to work, or as the last thing on your mind before sleep, God's Word will equip you for every good work. I'm really glad you're here. First Kings chapter 21 Some time passed after these events. Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard. It was in Jezreel, next to the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard so I can have it for a vegetable garden, since it is right next to my palace. I will give you a better vineyard in its place, or, if you prefer, I will give you its value in silver. But Naboth said to Ahab, As the Lord is my witness, I will never give my ancestors' inheritance to you. So Ahab went to his palace resentful and angry because of what Naboth the Jezreelite had told him. He had said, I will not give you my ancestors' inheritance. He lay down on his bed, turned his face away, and didn't eat any food. Then his wife Jezebel came to him and said to him, Why are you so upset? That you refuse to eat. Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite, he replied. I told him, Give me your vineyard for silver, or, if you wish, I will give you a vineyard in its place. But he said, I won't give you my vineyard. Then his wife Jezebel said to him, Now, exercise your royal power over Israel. Get up, eat some food, and be happy for I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal. She sent the letters to the elders and nobles who lived with Naboth in his city. In the letters she wrote, Proclaim a fast and seat Naboth at the head of the people. Then seat two wicked men opposite him and have them testify against him, saying, You have cursed God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. The men of his city, the elders and nobles who lived in his city, did as Jezebel had sent word to them, just as it was written in the letters she had sent them. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth at the head of the people. The two wicked men came in and sat opposite him. Then the wicked men testified against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth has cursed God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death with stones. 
Then they sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned to death. When Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, Get up and take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, who refused to give it to you for silver, since Naboth isn't alive, but dead. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he got up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, Get up and go meet King Ahab of Israel, who is in Samaria. He's in Naboth's vineyard, where he has gone to take possession of it. Tell him, this is what the Lord says, Have you murdered and also taken possession? Then tell him, this is what the Lord says, In the place where the dogs licked up Naboth's blood, the dogs will also lick up your blood. Ahab said to Elijah, So, my enemy, you've found me, have you? He replied, I have found you because you devoted yourself to do what is evil in the Lord's sight. This is what the Lord says, I am about to bring disaster on you and will eradicate your descendants. I will wipe out all of Ahab's males both slave and free, in Israel. I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, son of Ahijah, because you have angered me and caused Israel to sin. The Lord also speaks of Jezebel. The dogs will eat Jezebel in the plot of land at Jezreel. Anyone who belongs to Ahab and dies in the city the dogs will eat, and anyone who dies in the field, the birds will eat. Still, there was no one like Ahab who devoted himself to do what was evil in the Lord's sight, because his wife Jezebel incited him. He committed the most detestable acts by following idols as the Amorites had, whom the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put sackcloth over his body, and fasted. He lay down in sackcloth and walked around subdued. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me? I will not bring disaster during his lifetime, because he has humbled himself before me. I will bring the disaster on his house during his son's lifetime. 1 Kings chapter 22 There was a lull of three years without war between Aram and Israel. However, in the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit the king of Israel. The king of Israel had said to his servants, don't you know that Ramoth-Gilead is ours, but we're doing nothing to take it from the king of Aram? So he asked Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight Ramoth-Gilead? Josephat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. But Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, First, please ask what the Lord's will is. So the king of Israel gathered the prophets, 
about four hundred men and asked them, Should I go against Ramoth Gilead for war, or should I refrain? They replied, March up, and the Lord will hand it over to the king. But Jehoshaphat asked, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord here any more? Let's ask him. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is still one man who can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies good about me, but only disaster. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. The king shouldn't say that, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hurry, hurry, and get Micaiah, son of Imlah. Now the king of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah, clothed in royal attire, were each sitting on his own throne. They were on the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets were prophesying in front of them. Then Zedekiah, son of Canaanah, made iron horns and said, This is what the Lord says. You will gore the Arameans with these until they are finished off. And all the prophets were prophesying the same, March up to Ramoth-Gilead and succeed, for the Lord will hand it over to the king. The messenger, who went to call Micaiah, instructed him, Look, the words of the prophets are unanimously favorable for the king, so let your words be like theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As the Lord lives, I will say whatever the Lord says to me. So he went to the king, and the king asked him, Micaiah, should we go to Ramoth-Gilead for war, or should we refrain? Micaiah told him, March up and succeed. The Lord will hand it over to the king. But the king said to him, How many times must I make you swear not to tell me anything but the truth in the name of the Lord? So Micaiah said, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, They have no master. Let everyone return home in peace. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you he never prophesies good about me, but only disaster? Then Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and the whole heavenly army was standing by him at his right hand and at his left hand. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab to march up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? So one was saying this and another saying that. Then a spirit came forward, stood in the Lord's presence and said, I will entice him. The Lord asked him, How? He said, I will go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Then he said, You will certainly entice him and prevail. Go and do that. You see, the Lord has put a lying spirit into the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has pronounced disaster against you. Then Zedekiah, son of Canaanah, came up, hit Micaiah on the cheek, and demanded, did the Spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you? Micaiah replied, You will soon see when you go to hide in an inner chamber on that day. Then the king of Israel ordered, 
Take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, This is what the king says. Put this guy in prison and feed him only a little bread and water until I come back safely. But Micaiah said, If you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he said, Listen, all you people. Then the king of Israel and Judah's king Jehoshaphat went up to Ramoth-Gilead. But the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle, but you wear your royal attire. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. Now the king of Aram had ordered his thirty-two chariot commanders, Do not fight with anyone at all except the king of Israel. When the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they shouted, He must be the king of Israel. So they turned to fight against him, but Jehoshaphat cried out. When the chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. But a man drew his bow without taking special aim and struck the king of Israel through the joints of his armor. So he said to his charioteer, Turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am badly wounded. The battle raged throughout that day, and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Arameans. He died that evening, and blood from his wound flowed into the bottom of the chariot. Then the cry rang out in the army as the sunset, declaring, Each man to his own city, and each man to his own land. So the king died and was brought to Samaria. They buried the king in Samaria. Then someone washed the chariot at the pool of Samaria. The dogs licked up his blood, and the prostitutes bathed in it, according to the word of the Lord that he had spoken. The rest of the events of Ahab's reign, along with all his accomplishments, including the ivory palace he built and all the cities he built, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. Ahab rested with his ancestors, and his son Ahaziah became king in his place. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, became king over Judah in the fourth year of Israel's king Ahab. Jehoshaphat was thirty-five years old when he became king. He reigned twenty-five years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, daughter of Shilhai. He walked in all the ways of his father Asa. He did not turn away from them, but did what was right in the Lord's sight. However, the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. The rest of the events of Jehoshaphat's reign, along with the might he exercised and how he waged war, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. He eradicated from the land the rest of the male cult prostitutes who were left from the days of his father Asa. There was no king in Edom. A deputy served as king. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they did not go because the ships were wrecked at Ezion-Geber.
At that time, Ahaziah, son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat was not willing. Jehoshaphat rested with his ancestors and was buried with them in the city of his ancestor David. His son Jehoram became king in his place. Ahaziah, son of Ahab, became king over Israel in Samaria in the seventeenth year of Judah's king Jehoshaphat, and he reigned over Israel two years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He walked in the ways of his father, in the ways of his mother, and in the ways of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who had caused Israel to sin. He served Baal and bowed in worship to him. He angered the Lord God of Israel, just as his father had done. Honestly, the only thing worse than Ahab is the combination of Ahab and Jezebel together. The murderous act perpetrated on Naboth just so Ahab could have his way was appalling. But regardless of the despicable acts of Ahab, Jezebel, or any other human being, let's not overlook our own despicable acts, there shines the incomparable mercy and compassion of our God. Don't overlook the import of 1 Kings 21-29 and how much it says about the depth of his love for us, and even Ahab. The disciple whom Jesus loved wrote even more succinctly. 1 John 1-9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amazing, but true. Hard for us to believe, because we don't forgive like that. But I'm extremely grateful that Jesus does. Tell me you're grateful, too, at LiftingHerVoice.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that concludes our reading of First Kings. Tune in tomorrow as we begin part two of the Book of Kings, or, as the canon calls it, Second Kings. Thank you for joining me here today. I pray that by spending time in His Word every day, you will be changed. Visit me at LiftingHerVoice.com with your comments and questions. And don't forget to visit the blog page while you're there. If you like the podcast, it would be great if you'd give it a five-star review and share it with everyone you know. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you tomorrow.